Is this, is this on? Yes, my lord. Good, good. <clears throat> Hello, this is God speaking. Can we dial that down? Yes, my lord. Thanks. Welcome, new arrival to the Eternity Ward. Please take a number and make your way down to the left or the right to the waiting room. All you need is there the refreshments I made just for you. <laughs> I would tell you to steer clear of the apples, they're forbidden, um, and the two snakes, <clears throat> I mean fools, sorry, that are chewing the fat in the corner, but you probably wouldn't listen anyway. So good luck, I bless you, and on your way. Welcome to the Eternity War, where we sit around, flick through Reader's Digests, and chat with our buddies while we wait for an appointment with God. I'm Chris Adams. And I'm Nick McKinnon. And welcome, yeah. Um, what's been happening in your world, Nick? Oh, my whole family is sick, Chris. My oh. two kids, my wife, they're all sick at home. But the good part of it <laughs> is that it meant that the kids and I had a movie day. We sat around on the couch and watched the Polar Express and penguins of Madagascar eating popcorn. So we had a lovely day. We were snuggling up on the couch. It was beautiful. Should get sick more often. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sick. I'm fine, but the kids are sick, so. You just just wait. <laughs> It'll catch yeah. up to you. <laughs> no kisses for me. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, oh, working. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a stressful day, yeah. you were telling me earlier. Tough day today. Yes. We're not going there, though. No. <laughs> Confidentiality. Yeah. Bad luck, people. Um, but yeah, so tonight we're talking about the future of Christianity. We're trying to answer the question of where we think Christianity will be in, say, 50 years' time, or spirituality, religion, but, you know, mostly because we sort of know more about Christianity than other stuff, focusing mm. on that. And we're trying a new thing tonight. We're recording live, which means we may get some comments and questions uh, to refer to. So if you're watching live, tell us what you think. And if this uh, new thing works, we'll keep doing it. Yep. So, Nick. Yes. I think I know. I think I know the answer. Of course you do. You're in communication with God, so you've got this. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think in 50 years' time, Christians... Mm. will be in a city in the sky, um, revelation would have happened. Because of Trump? Yeah, yeah. He's bringing about the end of the world. <laughs> he's, he's opening a seal as we speak. Yep, yep. Yeah, so trumpets will be blown. So you and our listeners will be up in the clouds mm. and I'll be hanging out with Hitler and Mussolini. Shun the non-believer. Yes. No, um, do I really think that that's going to happen? Because there are people that do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not one of them. No, I'm not. I, I don't put that much stock in that story. <sighs> I mean, can't write it off as a possibility. But no, I think human humanity will be around. I'm hoping humanity will be around for thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> and, and we can prove God wrong that we didn't need to be just sort of like gathered up and, and finished off and... Well, not necessarily prove God wrong. I think yeah. humanity's growth. Pick, pick and fight with gods. <laughs> pick and fight with, with God is a, that's a dangerous thing to be engaging in, Chris. Even I don't do that. Uh, I'm speaking a little bit tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll still be here in 50 years. So, yeah, let's answer this question. I think climate change is much more likely to have a drastic impact than uh, Jesus coming back to smash people with swords. And I think it could have a drastic impact on religion worldwide as well. We might discuss that. A bit. 
Well, so in what directions has Christianity been heading? Like, I think most people in Australia, you'd have to be pretty blind not to have noticed that there's been a decline in church attendance, there's been a decline in, you know, in like censuses that are filled out, the number of people that are putting their hand up and saying, yeah, I'm Christian, Mm. um, of almost all the denominations. Some of them have risen, but almost all of them have declined. So is that a trajectory that you think is likely to continue or can you see reasons why it would swing around and head back north? I I think the most likely outcome is that the numbers will continue to decline and follow those trajectories. I think for for there to be a, a swing around it requires some some outside stimulus to, you know, to change that, something that's going to have a have a large influence and, and that might be something like global warming catastrophes or that might be you know a, a war uh yeah so or, or that might be you know like i guess christianity in the past when it's when it's had those those big bumps in in numbers and stuff and uh is when there's when there's a movement when there's a revival when there's mm. when there's some sort of shift some sort of change that's that's quite significant and it speaks to the time and i think there is a potential you know the way we've sort of been you know who's driving the car at the moment in the 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 world leaders and stuff that there is potential that they're driving us a bit off a cliff and there's enough people that will you know there's <laughs> at some point there might be something appealing about you know christianity or a spiritual existence that that isn't as appealing at the moment and is why the numbers are mm. you know on the decline i think it's a it's a lot to do with, and so, you know, I don't like to admit this, but it's a lot to do with if you feel very safe and comfortable and you're less likely to need mm. a God, you know. So in a, in a very unsafe world, <laughs> there could be something, but it, it could also, because I don't want Christianity just to grow out of fear or something. I'd rather it grow out of, out of love, you know. So there might be a movement or some leaders who, who actually bring people together, bring ideas together, but... The pessimist in me says numbers on the decline, division, massive division in Christian thought between, you know, especially between those that sort of see, you know, the inerrancy of the Bible compared to those that that don't. So, you know, I guess progressive conservative sort of views, massive division there. So, Mm. yeah, I'm a bit of a pessimist for the next 50 years, but I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. And God, God, God doesn't talk to me about what's going to happen in fifty years, as much as you may think that happens. And sort of along the lines of what you were saying, Chris, there's a big difference between the rate of religiosity in developing countries to developed countries. Yes. So, like, we live in a developed country where we have it pretty good, and we don't have all those worries. And often, like what you're talking about, like if there's a lot going on in your life that you can't get your head around. It's helpful to have that religious belief where you can believe that there's a, there's a powerful, loving God in control of everything and you can give all your worries and all that. It helps you feel more in control, I think, because if you believe that there's a loving God that's in control, well, things are going to be okay. Whereas if you're an atheist in that situation and you know there's poverty and starvation and war, well, no one's coming to fix it for you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah, if you if your kid dies at the age of five from starvation, well, he's just dead in the ground. There's nothing else. Whereas, you know, as a parent, it would be nice to think that 
they've gone to a better place and their suffering is ended and all that sort of stuff. So, I, yeah, I, I can definitely see how if society does take a plunge in its living standards, that would increase the rate of religiosity in the yeah. world. Um, one of the things that I was really interested in, I, I read a Pew Research study that said that, so like in, in developed countries like Australia and Britain and the US and that sort of thing, that atheism and agnosticism has been rising pretty dramatically over the last 15 years. But they were looking at the future of religion, so going out to 2050, and they reckon worldwide atheism will decline in the next whatever that is, like 35 years. And that shocked me. I was like, how will it decline? We've got more Where are the pockets of atheism that are going to decrease? We've got more atheists now than we've ever had and, and a larger percentage of the population of humanity than we've ever had. It's on the rise. It's like, I think the saying is like 13% worldwide now. Mm. That's pretty significant. Well, they reckon what they call unaffiliated, so you don't claim a religion, mm. they reckon that will decrease from 16.4. Oh, this is a percentage of global population. Maybe that's why. Yeah, okay. So it's decreasing in wow. the percentage of population from 16.4 to 13.2. Right. The gross numbers are rising slightly from 1.3, sorry, 1.13 billion to 1.23 billion. That makes more sense to me now that I read it because there's different rates of fertility between yeah. different religious views. So yeah. Muslims tend to have, I think it's 3.4 kids per couple. Christians are something like 2. 7 or 2.4 or something like that. And atheism is right down the bottom with Buddhism. I think Buddhism is the least and atheism really? is the next one lowest. Yeah. Um, so, like, Islam is meant to grow by 70% between now and 2050 and most of that growth is just because they have more kids than everyone else does. But the thing that this study, and, like, the authors of this study acknowledge is the thing it doesn't take into account is rising wealth. Yes. And so if the Islamic world becomes more wealthy, they will also, it's very likely, have less and less kids, just like it has in the Western world where we've become more wealthy and, you know, our kids aren't dying super often. You know, child mortality rates have decreased, which um, that's one of the big reasons why people in developing countries have lots of kids because they, they don't have a safety net and they need their kids to be able to look after them in old age. And so they, they have more kids than they think they'll need because they know some of them will die before they reach old age. Whereas if you've got a safety net and if you have higher rates of child mortality and you are confident that your kids will actually live to be able to look after you in old age, then you don't need to have five kids. You can just have one or two and, or you just have you know whatever number you want to have. Religion isn't going to die off then, is it? You know, if there's higher fertility rates with religious groups of people. So in 50 years, will religion be gone? No. No, it's meant to be increasing according yeah. to this Pew Research study, which really well, surprised it increase, me. Like increasing I, the percentage of the population. Oh, in gross more. numbers as well. Well, that, in both. That, that has to be gross numbers as well, yeah. Yeah, um, so Muslims will grow from 1.6 billion to 2.76 yep. billion. I think they reckon by 2070, um, Islam will be the biggest religion in the world, bigger than Christianity. Yeah. Do we want to start talking about Christianity in Australia? Because I think for me sure. that's more interesting than the globe because I don't really understand the globe. It's too big and <laughs> whatever. But I think there is interesting stuff to talk about within Christianity and Australia and 
where it'll head and what do you reckon? Yeah, go for it. You got a question or something? Yeah. Or a statement? Um, well, so here's something for you. This is sort of what we talked about near the start. In 1966, 90% of Australians called themselves Christian. In the 2016 census, it was 52%. So it's like 38% drop in, what, 50 years. Will it continue as that steep a decline? Or do you think there will be some sort of plateauing that takes place? Or And, and if, if it does continue, what the hell is going to happen to churches and to religious communities? Mm. Well, I think for one thing, the numbers, uh, I think we end up with, with less and less identifying as Christian but then you ask the same amount of people, you know, are you spiritual? And there's still a much higher number that would regard themselves as spiritual, if not Christian. So there was still like 68% or something, I think, something like that, would still classify as spiritual, which is interesting, you know, because people, you know, they talk about people having this God-shaped hole within them, that, you know, that's part of who we are as humans or part of evolution, but we've got this this God-shaped hole, and that maybe that's how religion came to be and how we, we're tied to religion and, and and like what I said at the start, it, you know, I don't like to say it, but, you know, there are things like if we feel more secure <laughs> in life, we're less likely yeah. to be believers. So um, does that bring into question should you have a faith, you know, because that would have been one of the reasons why you stepped out, you questioning your own faith and going, there are evolutionary reasons why I have believed and maybe that doesn't make it truth then. It was just the system tricking me or something because it, it makes sense because we see patterns. We like to see patterns in the world. We like to make sense of mm. things and religion can help us do that. But I guess um, what, will it, what will it mean to Christian churches? See, there's a part of me which doesn't mind it getting smaller, you know, like the early Christians. They are a small lot. You know, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the interesting things is thinking about there's a lot of people who, like yourself and like me, uh, you know, considered the the nuns or the the duns. You know, we we have no religious affiliation or we're done with Christian tradition and stuff, but we're still on a deep search. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so how does that shape? So is there going to be something new, some sort of new Christianity born out of it? And I think you know, so I think we'll move away from church buildings and but we you know we're social beings so you if you can find fellowship mm. if you can find a group of people to be with then I, I think you know little denominations small churches well, these things can still survive because people want to be with other people yeah so long as people are willing to put money towards it that's one of the problems <laughs> that ah. churches just aren't able to keep the funds to sustain their building um one of the things I disagree, well, maybe I don't disagree with you, we'll see, but about the future of Christianity is that I don't think it'll just be that all churches will become smaller and smaller. I think there's quite a bit of, uh, what's it called? I can't remember what the term is, but all these these old fuddy-duddy churches that are dying off, a lot of people are going from there and moving to the more hip concert-like churches, like your Hillsongs and that sort of thing. So, like... The, what is that called? Presbyterian? No, what's it called? That sort of a church? Pentecostal. That's what it's called. Yep. Yes. So that Pentecostal is one of the denominations of Christianity that has increased in the last five years. It's like one of the only ones because, yeah, like, like I don't know if you saw it, but when I was growing up, it was pretty obvious to me that when people got to the age of 15, they left the church that they were in and they went and found a cool hip church with other young people. 
Yep. Um, and I think those churches they'll survive for longer than other ones just because they they're cool <laughs> and they attract. Well, if you if you bring young people in, you you're bringing in new people all the time. You know, if yeah. You, if you if you're not bringing in new people and people are dying off, then yeah, eventually there'll yeah. be no one left. Yeah. And your church can survive longer. Well, if your if your congregation is made up of seventy year olds, you're not going to survive much longer. If your congregation is made up of thirty year olds, you so long as you don't lose their faith, then yeah, they'll be around for another fifty years. Mm. So yeah, I think we'll have those mega denomination churches still kicking on for quite a while. But I think your you know your little Anglican church, its days are seriously numbered. And like in Tassie, we've you know, with the the sexual assault stuff that's gone on, the Anglican Church in Tasmania is selling off sixty, no, seventy six of its churches, of its church buildings. That's that's wow. a lot of church buildings just for the Anglican Church in Tasmania, mm. and and those are the churches that will die. It's those you know your your small rural communities where there's you know only a thousand people in the town or something, and they just can't afford to have a pastor. Like even these days those congregations their minister will only be employed for like a day a week or something like that so he's really just there on a sunday morning and he's not there for anything else but that's not what a minister should be a minister should be there you know 24 7 you know whenever he's needed within that community whoever he's got to pastorally care for that's sad. Uh, you know I, I find it sad because the hip young church i don't like them <laughs> <laughs> It's not my You're style. You're an old fuddy daddy. I'd rather be an old fuddy daddy. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I'm like I, you I'd, too, Chris. I'd rather completely shake it up though. I you know, I don't really care for sitting in pews and having someone give a sermon. I being told what to believe, stuff. I, I want everyone to be sitting around in a circle having a discussion. Yep. Drinking beer, whatever. You know, like just <laughs> or milkshakes. Like, yeah, or milkshakes, if that's your thing. Yeah. That's uh, my thing. I'm just, yeah, you need to do things differently, uh, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that scares me about those larger concert-like churches is that it's it's more of an event. It's a social event rather than a deep connection with your faith and with other people. It's I turn up, there's loud music, there's bright lights, there's a smoke machine, and that's cool. Like if that's like I understand, you know, if someone goes mm. to a Lady Gaga concert, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay, but it's not as deep as yeah. Like I think someone turning up to the local philosophy club is more deep than someone turning up to one of those sing yeah. and dance things. And well, yeah, you'd hope those churches also run a whole lot of other programs where there is an opportunity for people to engage on a deeper level because that's that yeah, is and, my problem with those events is i'm like uh, it feels very cold and faceless to me it's just and they often do as well like i i, I did sound ne- more negative than what i feel like there's a church in in launceston which is near where i live that is one of those bright lights and flashy songs and all that sort of stuff and they do some awesome stuff in the community as well like they they run uh, programs like automotive programs for disengaged youths, like that's awesome. That sort of stuff's brilliant. Mm. Um, and um, you know, I'm sure there's a thousand things that I don't know that they do as well. So yeah, these groups do do that sort of thing, and yeah, all power to them. That's awesome. Okay. We've got a question from Shay. 
asking how can we get young people to join church and spark a common interest around our youth? And I think as we're sort of talking about that right now, yeah, well, I think one of the things churches can do, because one of the issues with with the church is, you know, why is it relevant? Is it still relevant? You know, how are you going to be relevant? And Nick, you like to accuse me of being a social justice warrior, but but I'm like going, if a, if a church can focus on social justice issues, I think you'll attract young people because there are young people that care about that stuff. I think that'll attract you. Yeah. I, I walked away from the church when I was like 14 because they didn't talk about any of that sort of stuff at all. And I was seeing all of this stuff going on in the world and just going, why are they not addressing these issues? So I, I stopped going for, for a long, long time. Mm. Well, and along those lines, I think one of the big problems the church has going forward is that the church has been so anti-same-sex marriage and young people are overwhelmingly in favour of same-sex marriage. Like I've been, I've worked as a youth pastor is putting it too strongly, but I've been employed at churches to work with their young people. Yep. And I've worked with like really conservative families and I, I, it sits with me to this day. It's shocking. Like I was sitting with this super conservative family, um, their kids, and I was I was talking about homosexuality. Like I wasn't trying to pressure them in any way, shape, or form. I was just really interested to see what they believed. And I was just like, yeah, what do you think about this? Like because it was around the time when when all these issues were going on. And I was like, what do you guys believe about this? And they're like, what's the big deal? I don't understand. I, and this is from a you know conservative family. They were just like, it's. It's obvious that any human being should be able to be free to get married to whoever they want to be married to. And like, I just think, I think the church is really in trouble with that issue because unless they come out pretty strongly and say, yeah, we screwed up, I don't know how they're going to recover from it because like, Mm. they're not even going to get the media airtime to be able to get that message out now. I think they missed their opportunity massively during the same sex debate. Mm. Some will argue that one of the reasons why Christianity has has stood the test of time, why we still have it now in our future, you know, is that is because of tradition, is because of, you know, a conservative sort of mindset of, you know, we all sort of believe the same sort of thing. And But now I think when we look at where Christianity has come in the last 50 years, I guess, to sort of shape where we think it's going to go in the next 50 years, I think we see you know, just with our information technology, you know, and and everything that's changing that sense, you know, that people have a lot more access to, to knowledge and they Mm. have, and that, so they'll obviously have a lot more access to knowledge, you know, around the Bible and around religions. And so it, it used to be that you would, you know, you would sit there and the pastor would tell you and You'd even, like, if you wanted famous pastors, you'd have to listen to cassette tapes or something from someone at some other part of the world, and that might be played within your church or something. But you you, mm. you didn't get such a huge diversity of, of ideas and opinions necessarily, and so you'd have to seek that out a lot. But now it's really, it's there at our fingertips. Yeah. And, so, and along so those come, lines. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and I, I think that tradition you know, moves quite slowly, but all of this is moving really fast. And mm. yeah, and that's part of the problem is why there's such a decline because they are seen as fuddy duddies, you know? Yep. They're not seen as having something of values. They're not seen as relevant. 
No. But, which makes me sad because I think that there is value and I think there is, you know, it can be relevant, you know, and so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, what were you so do say? I. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's sort of along the lines of what you were saying and also relating back to Shay's question about young people that I think the first step would be to stop the bleeding, stop people from leaving the church because, like, people in church are still having kids. It's just that those kids are leaving. Um, and I think the reason for that is, like, it's a pretty common thing that, you know, kids go off to university and they lose their religion because they're exposed to all these other ideas that just were never discussed at their church. And so churches have been, I don't know if this is fair, but it felt that way growing up for me, that churches were not especially good at allowing questions and having discussions of curly topics. And so it's shocking to me that when I was growing up in Christianity, there should have been people that came along and said, you know that story of Noah? It makes no sense. It's a story, mate. It's not real. Because once you get older and you look into it and you're like, how does two of every animal get on a boat and how does it float? And, you know, what the hell is the lion eating for all those days? Like, just there's just all these questions and they don't make any sense. So churches have to be better at, like, they don't have to come out and say, it's just made up, but they have to be better at engaging the discussion and saying, look, what do you think? Like, obviously, there's truth in the stories. It's not saying that the whole thing is devoid of meaning. Um, Of course, like you're saying, there's a reason that these stories have survived thousands of years. Like, there's important stuff in them. Like, you know, my favorite book in the Bible is the story of Job, which to me is completely made up. You know, there's no way that God said to the devil, hey, check out this bloke over here. Go have a crack at him, which is essentially what the book says. And so, yeah, of course it's made up because God wouldn't do that. And yet, never in my time in church was it said to me that, you know, maybe it's just a story and maybe it's got an important meaning that, you know, shit happens to good people and to bad people and that it's not fair. And yeah, that's the meaning of it. (laughs) And the bit at the end where, you know, like, so Job is allowed to question God. That's a really important meaning and we have to get those meanings out. It can't just be... These stories are the literal truth. These these are stories. They're accurate historical retellings of events that happened. So like, church has to get better at raising its own doubts before the outside world raises the doubts for them because it's going to happen. You're not <laughs> going to shield people That's from, a good point. Yeah. from questions in this day yeah. and age where it's just too easy to find, you know, Richard Dawkins slams Christianity on YouTube. Mm. I was just um, reading uh, Chris Beck made a comment saying that his uh, youth group work with young people in finding a new way towards a better kind of spiritual life. And he sees churchianity as declining and being replaced with new types of community that's a lot more inclusive and progressive. That, I hope that's the case. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah, but the pessimist in me. And also the focus, like I think the focus as as a youth leader or any Christian, doesn't matter what you are, but I think the focus, like we focus too much on evangelism of, you know, we have to tell people the good news of Jesus. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The important thing is we have to be living in ways that show gospel values. We have to be living in ways that show people this is the best way to live and not the best way because it'll get you 
a pass into heaven, but the best way, because it, it would be the best thing for you, it'll be the best thing for your family, it'll be the best thing for the community, it'll be the best thing for the wider world. And whether you come to church on a Sunday, I do not care. I don't care. You don't need to come to church. It doesn't matter to me. But I do care whether you love your neighbor as yourself. I do care whether you forgive other people. Like, I think that's how you and I both looked at chaplaincy when, when we were both working as chaplains. It's not about getting people through the doors of the church. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's about pastoral care. Because I think, like, I do think that this is why I think Christianity has value that, that you know, to become a Christian, I, I think, yeah, that's a good thing. I did that. I I think it really helped my deeply searching. I think that's helped in my deeply searching. So I would encourage someone to do that. But I have never talked anyone into doing that. (laughs) I think someone has to find their own way there. But I I think it's good because I think at its heart, Christianity is about being, you know, fully human. And and so I think, yeah, uh, just – and so I also think that whatever happens to Christianity, it won't just – disappear not in 50 years not in 100 years because at its heart i think that it um you know as long as humanity exists then you know it will sort of exist because it's tied to us being fully human that's what i find Mm. helpful about it but i think you can approach that from different angles too yeah i've got a little quote for you and i'd like to hear your thoughts on it okay so stephen hawking i presume everyone knows who stephen hawking is so he said that Religion was an early attempt to answer the questions we all ask. Why are we all here? Where did we come from? Nowadays, science provides better and more consistent answers, but people will always cling to religion because it gives comfort when they do not trust or understand the science. Mm. What do you reckon? How do you reckon that fits in with what we're talking about, about the decline of Christianity in developed societies where you've got, you know, you don't have those existential crises that keep you coming back to Christianity or whatever your faith is. Yeah. I I find it hard to argue with that because I think there's evidence that says that that's what happens, um, which makes me question whether my own faith is something which is valid, you know? So why do I think that it is? Um, You're asking me hard questions, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) That I don't feel prepared for. I, I would love to think that we will go forth as humanity, and and we things will get better and better, and and there'll be more and more wealth for everyone. And but I I think history is replete with ups and downs, and for some reason, you know, making sense of suffering seems to be easier to do from a a religious perspective. And I don't think we'll be free of suffering, and I don't think that we'll be free of an existential. We might become extremely secular you know, as a, as a society, extremely secular and, and be, you know, thriving quite well. But I think there will still be pockets of people just going, there's something lacking here. There's not, there's no, the the meaning isn't there. Yeah. So I think people will still be drawn to this concept of God, whether we were just born with a God-shaped hole and it's hard to escape evolutionary or whether it's there for a reason and there's truth there. And what do you think of the idea that religion was the first attempt at explaining the world around us and now that we've got science to better explain the world around us, that we don't need religion anymore? I sort of partly agree with that because it's for me, I, I don't really care about religion. What I care about is spirituality. I separate those things in my mind and for some people, it, yeah. they don't really separate that easily and, and that's okay. 
But for me, I, I believe that we are spiritual creatures and there's a spiritual connection. And for me, the most value I found in, in exploring that is within Christianity. Not that I've gone everywhere else to explore either, but, but I find value in that. Um, yeah. So even though I'm not attending church, even though I'm not really part of a Christian community that much, although I am somewhat, you know, a lot of my friends and family and people I talk to online and everything there is, we, we talk often almost daily <laughs> about yeah. these sorts of matters. So to say that I'm not engaged in fellowship or something would be incorrect. But am I engaged in worship? I don't know. Am I engaged in, you know, sitting down and, and praying? You know, no. I'll offer a prayer now and then when I'm really <laughs> freaked out about something. But yeah. So I, I think we end up doing it differently in the future. I think spirituality, like I think what Chris Beck was saying, we, we find a better kind of spiritual life that isn't so tied to tradition and, and dogma and a religious set of ideals. I think they can inform us, inform yeah. what that new life is going to be. I, I don't think we just necessarily build something from scratch, but history is replete, I think, with with us taking steps forward. Humanity, we take steps forward, uh, and maybe we take steps forward, some people would say, because God's revealed things through history. We keep moving forward, and I, and I think just to stop in a particular tradition isn't really helpful, and you're going to be seen as the fuddy-duddy. You're not, it's not going to be attractive to go and to join that. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think the church is in trouble. I think the churches are in trouble. Maybe they need to conglomerate and, you know, the denominations need to come together a bit or something to help each other. But I, I see a lot of division in those that are more crazily progressive like myself and in, and in those that are mm. very, very tied to the inerrancy of the Bible and so on. Yeah. And, and, and to when... The, to stories like Revelation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like you at the US is, I mean, we're trying to, we haven't spoken much about Australia, but the US is an interesting case. All these other nations where, I mean, it's in decline in, Amer in the States as well, but, and atheism is on the rise, but the numbers are very different to the rest of the Western world. They're hmm. a much more religious nation and, and it's very interesting dynamics there. <laughs> Do you know why it, that is? I've got no idea why that is other than. I don't I understand the... them. <laughs> I no. don't understand their Christianity most of the time, to be honest. I don't yeah, get those Trump I do supporters. Not, I do not get how you justify some of your ideas in the wake of the things that Jesus have, has had to say. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's I mind, get it. Mind-boggling, bewildering. <laughs> but, you know, I'm susceptible to, to not listening just straight to the facts and going with emotion because I'm not listening entirely to science and just devoting my life to science. I don't split science and spirituality. I, yeah, I don't, they, don't, but, they don't fight it up here in my head. They coexist. Yeah, and that's because you have, like, you don't hold to those stories of the Bible that, you know, they definitely happened and that, you know, the, the six-day creation in Genesis is, you know, that's a scientific fact. Whereas I think Christianity does get in trouble when it pretends to be science. Sorry, not Christianity, but some Christians who pretend like their belief system is actually scientific truth and yeah like you certainly don't believe that that's what christianity is meant to be you don't believe that that's what the bible was written to be and i don't think any serious biblical scholar would think that that's what those parts of the bible were meant to be either they're just people sitting around a campfire and telling stories you know 
granddad, tell me again the story of how the world came to be. Well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, you know, it was never meant to be an argument against Charles Darwin. Man, I, I still, you know, I don't think that we're, you know, all of civilization is built on the telling of stories, that we share stories from generation to generation. This tells us who we are, where we've been, and somewhat where we're going. We're trying to figure out where we're going. So I, I don't know how we escape that that telling stories thing. I, I don't want to escape. Yeah, that. I was going to say, why would you want to? <laughs> That's I, life. I love, yeah, I love the, that we tell, we tell these stories. And so, yeah, so they're amazing stories, but there's more to be yeah. told. And so, <laughs> you know, like, as I've said before, I, I don't understand why your experiences and your ideas about God count for any less than, than someone else who, who wrote in the Bible, their experiences and their, Right, Heretic. You know. See, I get, you know, and I have this little gnawing voice, like this little gnawing guilt saying, oh, Chris, you're saying things which, uh, you know, God's going to be angry with you. But then, no, that doesn't sit right. No, I don't think God's, because I, I think as much as, as we've spoken about, we're all sort of seeking and, and interpreting our own truth. We're all trying to interpret what truth is. And as humble as you want to be and as open as you want to be, that you could be wrong, but you still have to move forward with conviction. And so I think, you know, when you're moving forward with conviction in that way, trying to be humble, trying to be open to others, even though you know you're right and everyone else is wrong, um, but you try. I think God's and grace goes with, I think God's grace goes with you when you do that. So I don't think he's going to smite me. Did um, you know the rate of... Of smitings? Yeah, well, yeah. The the rate of people being struck by lightning has decreased dramatically in oh. the last couple of centuries. Progress by like people. ninety or like ninety percent <laughs> or something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Enlightenment now by Stephen Pinker. Where do you think we're gonna be in fifty years with Christianity? Yeah, well, so I think a lot of these smaller churches will die out in the next twenty years probably. I, I don't know how they survive because I, I don't they're not gonna be there's not going to be the influx of young enough people to keep them going. The bigger churches like your Hillsongs, those style churches will continue because they'll keep dragging the young people from those dying churches. But yeah, other than that, I think it, it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder uh, what mm. this decline in Christianity in Australia will do to society. Like, because like Christianity has at its core, like there's a lot in it about like charity and there's a lot of religious um, organizations out there, you know, Salvation Army and St. Vincent's de Paul and in Tasmania we have City Mission and in my little town that I live in there's a organization called The Helping Hand that helps homeless people and also people that are just struggling to be able to, you know, buy birthday presents for their kids or put food on the table for that week. And all of these organizations are Christian. Like I don't know if you can even name one that isn't Christian. And so what the hell happens to all that when when Christianity keeps declining? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think a lot of church organizations will basically become, you know, social, what, what do you call it? They work within the social sphere, you know, helping people and getting funding through providing, providing help. But, I mean, our civilization, you've, you've said this before, is, you know, and our society is hugely influenced by Christianity and and its values and it's shaped 
who we are as as a as a nation as a people massively so so yeah. if it's declining what what sort of a people do we turn into uh what happens to these organizations and so i think that's where people might find the future a little bit soulless mm. and and a little bit angry and, and so there's a place there for christianity being a smaller group of people to be offering a place which uh, has some shared meaning people can come together and explore because it Christianity is in our hands. Secularism is in our hands. It's we're we're the ones shaping it now. So it's it's up to yeah. us. So we talk about where is it going to be in fifty years? Well, it's where we take it. All of these things. It's where we take it. Um, yeah. If secularism does a fantastic job, then religiosity will will shrink. But if if it doesn't do a very good job, then um, religiosity might grow out of that. So secular people be nice. Yeah, it's one of the. To me, it's a pretty scary thing that atheism and yeah, secular people haven't set up these organisations. I don't know why that's the case. I don't. Maybe it's just like because churches are communal spaces where people get together and they'll talk about ideas they've got, and you're aware of the people in your own community, and so you start organisations to help the people in your community because you know you meet them every Sunday, and it just doesn't happen with. Anything like I guess I guess there's still you know you you meet up with your local footy club and that sort of thing. I think one of the other things is that I think organisations are stepping into this gap as well a little bit. Like you you would have seen it with this um, the drought that's been going on that a lot of the support for the farmers that I've been seeing has been you know Woolies has you know they they step up and do something and uh, Sunrise steps up and gives their ten thousand dollars and. Um, Palmer for a farmer. Yeah, Did there you, you go. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every pub's so doing that, and you know and our, stuff, our yeah. local school was doing one where the kids got to come along wearing a flanny. They raised money for it there. Like, I wonder if that's the way that it will be done. That it, there won't be dedicated organisations set up for anyone, but it'll be yeah on a piece by piece, like uh, event by event. But I guess that only that only really helps out for these. You know, the events that get the media attention, anything that's ongoing, like homelessness, is just, you know, screwed because it's not going to be in the media. Yeah. Like, if you didn't have people out there doing soup kitchens and what, yeah. happens, to, what happens to the homeless then? What happens? Yeah. So, so if secularism is to rise and stamp out religiosity, then it needs to get some of this right. It needs to look after everyone. Yeah. I think it also needs to get better at that having a community... Yeah, something where people can get together and get to know each other like that. Once a week we get together and we do this, whatever that yeah. is. Like I know that um, Alain de Botton dude um, yeah. certainly tried, I don't know how successful it's been, but he's tried setting up the church for atheism in the UK. And yeah. I, I can imagine that working in large cities. I can't imagine that working in more rural places, but maybe, you know, rural places might be more religious as well. So maybe maybe that's just a matter of time as well. I don't know. Maybe. So do you still think of Australia as a Christian country? Like I think it's something like 52% of Australians called themselves Christians in the last census. But, you know, out of that, I think it was only 16% were regular churchgoers. I'd call but it like, a secular it, country. I would. America, I would not. The US, I wouldn't. But, you know, all the European countries, the UK, Australia, I, I'd call them secular nations at this point. Maybe not all the European ones, but most of them. So I'd say we're a secular nation. Yeah, yeah. 
and I think I think the US is meant to be a secular nation. You know, under their own constitution, they're meant to be a secular nation in the sense that you don't have, which is interesting because the UK does have the Church of England, you know, but but they're a secular nation. But but the states they're not meant to have a state religion. And maybe that's one thing that they will actually that will happen within fifty years is they will end up naming a you know a, a state in a sense creating their own offshoot of Christianity. Maybe that's something that will happen, and they'll have their own pope. <laughs> but no, I, I think we're a secular nation, and and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I think we're a secular nation informed by Christian values with a with a Christian heritage. Yeah, uh, and I would want us to retain. A Christian heritage and Christian values um, within our secular nation, and, and the way to do that is for for the church to be relevant, to be a voice within the realm of social policy or just social interaction, mm. to be there in providing for the poor and looking after the homeless and standing up for what's right against the face of a government that might be cruel towards the poor or whatever. So, I think, yeah. Do that and you maintain the Christian heritage and the Christian values. Like I kind of agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, kind of, like yeah. you, you, you're cherry picking what parts of Christianity you're claiming is Christianity. Sure. Like there's there's plenty of bits in the Old Testament that we've thrown away and said that's horrific. Like no one these days says you have to marry your rapist. That, that's in the Old Testament. There's no one that says that if your son or daughter curses, you put them to death. Like Good. <laughs> I'm glad we've thrown away those parts of Christianity because they're horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do, so so yeah, how like, do like, you? Yeah, you don't want to maintain those bits, but you want to, but you 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 have to acknowledge that they were there. Um, if you yeah. pretend they're not, if you pretend they're not there, no, 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 no. We're all we're amazing. <laughs> yeah, no one um, told me those then, bits of the Bible were there when I was growing up. I, was, I then, found them out yeah. because you know an atheist person would you know, mm. tell you that they're there and you're like, surely that can't be in the Bible. And then you read it and it is. And it's like, oh, why has this not been mentioned to me in the last 25 years? No, I'm I'm also just thinking of, you know, the really shitty things that Christianity has done to peoples and nations around the world as well. Yeah. Over time, and even here in Australia, some of the ways that they interacted with, you know, the indigenous population, it hurts to own that sort of heritage and that sort of past. But yeah. you need to, yeah, you need to own it, and you need to seek reconciliation. You need to, yeah, I, I'd love to just dismiss all of that, <laughs> and just, <laughs> no, just focus, just focus on the, the the bits. What did Chris Beck mention? The bits of the message of grace, love, forgiveness, and a community of sharing and caring for others. Yeah, you know, and if that's yeah. if that stuff there is the stuff that Christianity promoted in the public sphere, yeah, man, people yeah. would. People would think Christianity is awesome, but instead they're talking about abortion yeah. and same-sex marriage. Uh, grace, love, forgiveness, brilliant. One thing we might see within 50 years is a, another big schism, you know, a, a separation between, you know, a group of Christians who promote one sort of perspective and a group that promotes something else entirely. Because at the moment, you know, there's a lot of infighting. And people say, you're not a Christian, you're not a Christian, you're not a Christian. But it's still, it's still really, they come under the one banner. Good old Donny Trump is, though. Oh, bloody. <laughs> the, people, the people who claim they're Christians. Well, I'm one. So, yeah. Yeah. Trump says he's a Christian, Chris. So, who are you to say he's not? Take that. <laughs> Sorry. 
I, I really shouldn't bring Trump up. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, you don't even have to, you know, respond to someone saying that they're a Christian. You say, well, how do you explain these Christian values? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and see how they respond to that. Because I don't get it. What do you think Trump thinks about the Jesus' idea that the first shall be last and the last shall be first? <laughs> like, yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that pay lip service to Christianity because it gets them votes. Yeah, you have to as a politician in the US. And that's what it is. It's just lip service. The and irony is, though, like Obama actually is a Christian. Yeah. And the religious right hated him. They were like, oh, he's a Muslim. Well, what? What, because he's black? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Actually, that probably ties into the next thing I want to talk about, Chris. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's the last thing on my list. Yep, I don't have anything else. Good. Um, how do you think Christianity will be different now that it's transitioning into being a minority voice? So in the past, mm. it's, it's been the dominant hegemony, basically, in society. Yeah. Yeah. And it's declining, and we've seen, you know, in, in the same-sex marriage debate how the church really has lost its moral footing in society, like the people in society. And I guess a lot of that probably does, well, maybe not a lot, but some of that at least would be connected to the child sexual abuse stuff that people yeah. don't look to the church for moral guidance anymore. They look at them and go, well, you guys are just as screwed up as the rest of us, which is what Christianity should have been saying the whole time. <laughs> You know, yeah. all of us are just as screwed up as, as everyone else. Yeah, so how does being a minority voice affect Christianity, do you think? I'm excited about it. <laughs> no, that's a silly response. Only in the sense, I've always wanted to be part of a minority. Here I am, white, Christian, male, just, <laughs> you know, like. I can Your dream be, come true. If this is my dream come true, I'm in a minority. Well, convert to Islam, Chris. I'd be in, in a minority in Australia. No, I don't. I just, I, I have to be true to who I am. And so I think, how do I think it? Christianity being a minority will be affected? I, I, I'm not too concerned about that. The only thing that does concern me is, you know, if, if they start claiming that they're victims because they're a minority, you know, and they come with a victim, victimhood sort of mentality, I don't think that's going to be helpful, especially when the things that they've done, which is some of the things you just listed off, which is part of the reason why they're becoming a minority is because they're not as trusted anymore. I think there's a long way back. It's a long way back before you can get to be a majority again, unless there's some impetus, something happens, some, some great leader, some movement, some tragedy, you know, happens that sparks some sort of revival or something. But like the early Christians, they were a minority and like they were an oppressed minority and they grew like wildfire <laughs> so i think i i think when you get down to you know in, in that sense there won't be those that are paying lip service within that group anymore if it's a minority i think you'll have you know it'll be the true believers mm. uh, yeah. and and so i think in that sense it could really shape a really dynamic response to the world and so I, I don't think it's a bad thing to be that concerned about. So I, I have hope that if Christianity does become a minority, that, that it just turns it into something amazing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I agree. 
I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the fear just, I have yeah, is that it yeah. could go the other way. It could become a, you know, I become entrenched in my my tribe and yeah. But I think you're right. I think that's I, I think that's unlikely because I think the message of Christianity is there's so much talk about you know forgiving your enemies and yeah, turning the other cheek and you know, being a servant to the people around you, that it, it just seems like it's the perfect religion for this situation. Like if you if, if it's moving backwards, it should be the religion that does that better than any others. It should be the one that says, yep, all right, if you guys want to go ahead and do things differently, then, hey, um, all power to you. We're going to keep doing things the way we believe and we're going to do it in love and we're going to still stand up for things we believe in, of course, but we're going to do it with respect and with love and not with violence, which I don't think you can say that about all religions. Yeah, I hope we come that far. I really do. Because that's always the worry with back someone into a corner. Yeah, yeah. And then come out swinging instead of coming out in peace. Yeah. No, but I have hope. Even with dwindling numbers, that something, something reflecting what I, you know, those things that Chris talked about, something reflecting that. Yeah, more clearer than what currently exists will emerge. And like you were saying, the the people that will remain are more likely to be the passionate people who yeah. um, really are committed to the story of Jesus and and his message. And yeah. if you're the sort of person who pays lip service, there's no reason to any more when it's a minority and the majority aren't with that. So yeah, yeah, you're more likely to stand on some sort of pulpit and and hurl abuse at them and. A politician hurling abuse at Christianity will just probably help Christianity to thrive, to be honest. <laughs> so, anyway, we should end. Yeah, wrap it up. I don't have any closing statements because I think I said it all. Um, just do like a benediction. Go now and live in peace. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure benedictions are meant to be longer <laughs> than that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be. All right, good. Go now and live in peace. Amen. I like it. Amen. We'll finish there. All right. All right. Cool. Cheers. Cheers for listening, people. Cheers for the people that engaged. It was good to have your questions. That was awesome. Thank you. Cheers, people. Goodbye. Scott here again. If at any point in this podcast you found yourself yelling vainly into the void at two idiots who can't even hear you and refuse to listen to you, then congratulations. You know exactly how I feel. Luckily for you, there are other ways to contribute. You can leave reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, share it on social media, or discuss it in your blog, podcast, or fellowship group. Subscribe, like, nod your head, raise your fist, shout amen, but probably don't send a prayer because I'm kind of busy right now. Join the discussion in the comment sections, ask questions, and do come back and join us again here on the Eternity Ward. (laughs) 